0: Yeah, yeah, old school That's what I'm talking about Listen, this ain't for everybody Some of y'all need to hear that I know you're in the trenches fighting But check it out I'm gonna put it down like this So I can help the saints understand Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan Or what? You thought cause you got saved Everything was gonna be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son Don't run come to sleep with but a drink Faith without words is Read your Bible, you know what it says don't work, don't eat Blackers don't get fed huh? Yeah, Jesus said He who puts his hands to the plow Looks back the same makes fit Some of y'all ain't been in the pictures Five minutes and you about ready to quit I ain't mad at ya, I'm just hitting you with the real huh? If you died for me I was still tripping Now how you think that make you feel Check this out Deep game This is his deep huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing But your are started trying to reach huh? But after him who's able to possess your father By his glory Struggle might be part of your testimony But it ain't the end of the story Now is his was prophesied Way back in the day Choir, sing your right here And see if the church can Late. I know we can make oh,
1: it. Oh, we can make it. I know well, I can work it He'll, out. He'll work it out. Work it out. Yeah. He'll work it out. I know we can make it. We can make it. I know we well, can work it out. But yes, they can. Yes,
0: we yes, can, can. Yes, they can. Yes, can. Yeah. So you're not playing the fire to tribe, you you say why you but you should sure say what would Jesus do why you asking if he ain't trying to do what he's saying huh? he told you he was gonna have tribulations but you thought he was playing, huh? one minute you tell her how good God is and can nobody beat to talk the next minute you back fight so fast it's like you're moonwalking huh? oh yeah I have it to myself cause I ain't no better it ain't like I've been following his every word obeying it to the letter but so we soldiers we gotta remember that regroup stay on point hey, yeah bow down confess repent stay humble let him anoint huh? it ain't easy as I thought it was I'd be lying if I told you that but it's sure i getting better all the time, trust me, that's the best. Ain't nothing we going through that can't be handled. God put that on his tongue Like they say, you can shout now if you want through cause the battle's already won So while you're going through the valley, don't even shiver, you gonna be on top Quiets in the hook line no more games, that's time you don't stop I know we can.
1: Lamar Patterson, you're listening to Kind of Play a Play. I just had to give a moment or two to a big boy upstairs because I know with his will, with his grace, with his blessings, we're going to be able to work this thing out called life, you know, because we really need him right about now because there's a whole bunch of crazy, crazy stuff going out there in the world, you know what I'm saying? And we do hope wherever you are, wherever you may be, you are definitely trying to be safe. And that's first and foremost. Uh, Today, we have a fantastic show lined up for today, Ms. Stephanie J. Miller, who's the author of Zero Waste Living, The 80-20 Way, The Busy Person's Guide to a Lighter Footprint. Uh, Ms. Miller, 25-year career at the International Finance Corporation, the private sector arm of the World Bank Group. She served as director of IFC's Climate Business Department, where she led global teams to find innovative solutions to climate change and which is definitely, definitely, definitely needed. Uh with that being said, let me see as I guess with this. Miss Miller, are you with us?
2: I am. Can you hear me?
1: I hear you just fine. How are you
2: today? Great and it's great to be with you, Lamont.
1: Um so so happy to hear you and I know you have a, a wealth of information Uh, to share with our listeners. And I know they have their pen and paper out ready to take notes to see what they could do to (laughs) help save this planet, you know. And and I'm one of them. I got my pen and paper out, too.
2: That's great. Me, too. And if your listeners have ideas, I'll take notes, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because collectively, collectively, Maybe, just maybe, just maybe we might be able to save this planet, you know. I always had a crazy, crazy um, thought yesterday, Miss Miller, about um, these rockets and stuff, just, you know, blasting and doing all that good stuff. And I had this thought that, is that stuff kind of messing with our climate a little bit, going through the atmosphere and stuff? What do you think?
2: Sure. Yeah, those are pollutants as well, for Sure.
1: Yeah, we don't have don't to look how, at everything,
2: how, yeah.
1: Right, and seem like that would be a a big, big thing to look at, you know.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. well because I focus on the individual. That's not something I talk a lot about because I try to keep it within the scope of what we can do. the the, the regular folks like me and you, uh, but yes, those are those are the, the things you're talking about definitely cause pollution and we should be th- someone should be thinking about that as well
1: instead of us little people huh but that was just a common sense thought a common sense thought because i was thinking about yeah. that yesterday yesterday doing all this good stuff and you know i had some plants that was going on that i was growing actually in the backyard and they're dying you know and and where i where i live you know we have a serious amount of uh overcast in the morning and a lot of mm-hmm. moisture in the air, and I'm wondering how how does that affect you know the plant life you know stuff that you know stuff that we can't even control,
2: yeah, yeah, no i'm sure I'm sure that's seeping in somehow as well,
1: yes, well, uh, can I call you Stephanie by any chance?
2: Yes, please call me Stephanie.
1: Okay, Stephanie, if zero-waste living is a personal lifestyle choice, how does it have the potential to transform the planet?
2: Yeah, so, well, the the transformation that we'll, we can talk about is uh, with what I focus on is the climate and the waste crises, and those need to be solved those two twin crises need to be solved by by basically three different actors government, private sector, and the individual and so zero waste living this idea of drastically reducing your consumption in your waste and your waste that's up to the individual and what I like to say is it can be transformational if we focus on the right things, if we focus on those things that we have time to focus on and that can have a really big impact. And and the second an exam- reason
1: Can you give us an example yeah. of those?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if we you know, I for example, I, I used to work at the World Bank, I used to fly for my job uh, a lot. <laughs> and flying for my job was not something that that's a pretty impactful thing in terms of climate change but that's not something I had a lot of control over if I was going to keep my job I was going to have to keep getting on the plane uh, but there are so many things that we do have control over that that make a really big difference so I'll, I'll just give you one example right now we can get into some others as well but food waste. I, I think you had my colleague Alan Miller on your show um, recently, and he's no relation to me, same last name, no relation, but, you know, he talks about uh, super climate pollutants, and I think on your show he talked about methane, this, this climate pollutant that is 80 times more powerful than carbon dioxide uh, in terms of warming the planet. So one of the major causes of methane production, of, that's a greenhouse gas, is landfill. Landfills uh, are a huge contributor to greenhouse gases. And the major part of landfill pollution is from food waste. So I, I didn't know that even when I was leading climate change at the World Bank. It's huge. And here's the really interesting opportunity in that. that I didn't know this. I don't know if you know this, but most of the food waste that happens in this country and in most rich countries happens at the household level. So I I thought probably most of it happens, you know, at the farm level or when you transport food from the farm to food service businesses like, you know, hotels, retail, um, uh, restaurants. Uh, But 40% of food waste happens at the household level. So that's a big problem. But it also means if anyone's going to solve that problem, we, the individual, are the biggest part of the solution. So um, I guess what I would say is zero waste living uh, is a personal lifestyle choice and it can transform the planet if we focus on the right things. And then also we have the power, so much power that we don't realize to influence those around us. If you start doing some cool new thing in your life and you talk to your family about it or you post about it on social media we're all social animals so we will pay attention to what you're doing especially you Lamont right you have a um a a wide reach and uh and that means that other people will start to think of changing their own behavior so that's what's exciting is that contagion effect that can happen when we make these choices
1: yes so 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 very true i just real one quick stephanie for the listeners just joined us um Of course, you know the call-in number is 646-929-2870, and press number one on your phone. Let us know that you're there, and we will be glad to let you join the conversation. It's very important that we learn and try to do some of these things, you know, if not for us now, for the next generation, because we do need to make some changes. All right. Stephanie, what led you to uh, embark on this zero-waste journey?
2: Yeah. Well, I, as you as you said in your introduction, I was leading climate change at uh, the private sector part of the World Bank. So it was my job to help governments and private sector get on a more sustainable path. But I really didn't feel like I was doing enough in my personal life, and I just didn't feel like I had time. I was busy. I'd come home tired, um, and I I finally uh, quit my career after 25 years. I decided I'd take a gap year, you know, some time off before my son headed off to college. And I decided I'd use some of that time that I suddenly had to do research and figure out what I could do in my own personal life to kind of address my personal carbon and waste footprint. And the very first thing I did, this is what embarked me on the journey, is I went into my local dry cleaners, a place I'd been going every Saturday to drop off my, my, you know, suits that needed to be dry cleaned. And I asked them, because the
1: plastic
2: that they used to put those clothes in always bothered me, I asked them, would they mind putting my clothes when they're clean into my own garment bag that I brought with me? And they said, yes, no problem. You know, I was a longtime customer. They, they didn't want to upset me. I, I made this request. They said yes. And then I sort of scratched my head and I realized, well, if they're willing to do that, I wonder, and I asked them a couple weeks later, would they be willing to offer re- these reusable bags or some reusable bags to their other clients to make it easier for, for other people who might be bothered by the plastic? And they did. They agreed to do it. The the program, uh, they adopted this reusable bag program, offered this to their clients. If you walk in now, a third of their clients use these, you know, dark green reusable bags. So that's what got me started, and it gave me the itch to see, well, what else could I do besides, you know, help my local dry cleaners get on a more sustainable path? But that was the very beginning. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello.
1: No, I was saying that's great. You were definitely thinking outside of the box on that one.
2: Okay, sorry, I I, I couldn't hear you for for a few seconds, but yeah, it was uh it was a, a it was a fun challenge, and uh, then the pandemic hit. So I'm hoping we can get other dry cleaners to convert to this kind of program, but you know that will. Address that soon when places are more flexible.
1: You know that was a great idea too because I have I have a garment bag and that's the only way I can keep my stuff organized because I know what's dirty. I can put it in the bag and know where it is.
2: Oh, uh, that's great.
1: So that's, so that's definitely definitely a great idea, and I'm sure somebody people out there listening is going to uh, definitely bring that up to their local um, dry cleaners somewhere. Sure,
2: yeah, and if they have any questions about it, I'm happy to answer and my local korean uh the couple that runs it or they've told me they're willing to answer anyone's questions on how they made it happen it was, It wasn't that hard actually
1: right right, so Stephanie, what's been the hardest thing you've had to do to get uh to a zero waste lifestyle?
2: Well, the hardest thing is realizing there's actually no zero in zero waste lifestyle because, you know, what happened is, you know, sometime after the dry cleaning uh, story is I, I started reading, doing a lot of research. I read a lot of books by the, the, the original folks, the original people who got the zero waste movement going, and what you see when you when you look at their picture is they hold up a mason jar with trash in it, and that represents their family 's trash for one year and so that 's not even zero, right, but that 's pretty darn close, and I got so excited and I had all this time on my hands so I started doing a lot of the things they recommended, making my own household cleaner so I wouldn't have to buy household cleaner and plastic. And uh, I, I did all sorts of things, but I was getting nowhere near zero. Even, you know, a mason jar's worth of trash, I don't even get to that in one week, you know, these days. So that was the hardest thing to realize that I, yes, I could make a difference, but I wasn't going to get to zero. But that's also what inspired me in the end to, well, to write the book, Zero Waste Living, The 80-20 Way. I I borrowed this concept from my old workplace, and I'm sure some of your listeners have heard of the 80-20 rule. It's this idea that if you do the 20% most impactful things, you could get to 80% of the results you're looking for. And, you know, in my business, we used to talk about focus on the 20%. Um, you know, the 20 most important clients and we'll get 80% of our business done, that sort of thing. And so I set out to try to figure out what was the 80-20 rule for zero-waste living. So what were those things? Maybe it wasn't going to be making your own household cleaner, but what were those things that, met at the intersection of ease and impact so that busy people like I had been and I was going to be again and I am now could actually incorporate this stuff into their lives and not feel like they had to quit their job to, to do this stuff. And uh, and it, I came up with three areas that I feel if people focus on these three things. They can be very sure they're having an impact, and I can just tell you what those are. We can delve into them, but the the three areas are focusing around food. There are quite a few things people can do easily around food to make a really big difference. Uh, We talked about food waste, so part of it is addressing the food waste issue. Secondly is around purging plastics, and third is around recycling right and uh, taking just some modest actions in those three areas Uh, I I truly believe based on my research and based on my own personal experience uh, can make a dramatic difference in in our own personal contribution as I said in your answer to your first question you know and then there's the power of influencing those ripple effects of influencing others in our lives uh, through our actions which is really exciting
1: what do you recommend to people as, as the best way to start? And I think I had another one, too, in regards to um, the food. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't about the food. It was about recycling. Because I think you mentioned recycling right. Uh, yeah. What is recycling right versus recycling wrong? Because a lot of people think they can take the the, the soda cans and plastic and yeah. just take them to a recycle place and that's it. So what, what is Recycling Right?
2: Right. So Recycling Right is just simply knowing your municipality's rules. And about 60% of folks in the U.S. have access to residential recycling. Um, I assume you do where you are in California. And uh, California is a trendsetter on this in so many ways. You know California, by the way, just passed – Um, a really interesting piece of legislation that will uh, address some of the problems we have with the recycling um, system, including not allowing companies to put those chasing triangle uh, numbers on products that aren't actually recyclable because there are many that are not. But recycling right is if you put The the, only the things, for those of us who do have access to residential recycling, if you recycle according to the rules of your municipality, and they're really easy to look up online because they want you to get it right, then you are making sure that you're not wish cycling. And wish cycling is the opposite of recycling, right? It's when you kind of, that moment when you hover over the recycling bin because you're hoping that this thing that you're pretty sure is plastic and therefore probably recyclable will get recycled, well, only 8.7% of plastics get recycled. So chances are, if you're putting it in, it's not getting recycled. So let's focus on putting in the things in the bin that can be recycled. Because if you don't get it right, then a lot of things can happen, including, well, the worst thing that can happen, I think, is that you can uh, cause worker injury. There are some items like plastic grocery bags that don't belong in any residential recycling program that I'm familiar with, and if if then the reason is because they can muck up the whole system, get caught in the rollers, and cause worker injury as they're trying to remove it. But it but at the least, you're you may be causing contamination of the rest of the recycle load if you put something in that doesn't belong there and it's different in in different jurisdictions Uh, but i will say you know this china in 2018 started rejecting uh uh, what we were sending to them uh, in terms of bales of recyclable material because it was so contaminated it wasn't in a form that could be recycled so recycling right is important. And I'll, I'll just give you one example of how much benefit there can be from recycling right. You know, your aluminum can of soda or water, whatever you, or, or maybe a cat food or dog food tin, that metal, that aluminum can is recyclable, extremely recyclable. There's a market for it. But um, if that has to be produced from virgin materials where they mine the the ores and produce it it's 95 percent more energy intensive to produce from scratch than to recycle that aluminum can so it really we're doing a very uh, big disservice if we don't put those aluminum cans into the recycle bin and at the same time you don't want to put the wrong things in because they could ruin the aluminum can so recycle right is just getting that piece of it you know, nailed, and it's not that how
1: hard. How do we, how do we educate the average person on the right thing that's recyclable versus you know the ones that you're speaking of?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I think in any jurisdiction in the U.S., if you Google recycling rules near me, uh, you will almost surely up with your jurisdictions and you know what county you live in and, and right and who recycles you're in Redondo Beach California is that right correct mm-hmm. so if I if I if I googled Redondo Beach California recycling rules uh, I'm pretty sure I could quickly come up with that poster that awareness raising uh, uh, promotional thing that they produce because they want you to get it right they want you to put the right things in Uh, there's a lot that needs to be done systemically to fix the recycling system and make it easier for consumers to use. But at a minimum, we should be checking out those rules. And, you know, at a maximum, it's what I said before, California is starting to address some of the problems with labeling because the labeling is so confusing. I mean, we would all be you know, uh, it's understandable that we would be confused. Um, a lot of people think if they see that, that chasing arrows symbol on a piece of packaging, that means it is recyclable. And very often that's simply not true. If you just look at plastic, the, the it's called a – I won't bore you with the, the specific technical details, but resin identification codes 1 through 7 – it, one and two are things that are often very recyclable. That's your like your plastic water bottle, for example, or your shampoo bottle. Those are really easily recyclable. And then there's those are ones and twos. Three, four, five, six, seven are not very recyclable. They might be accepted in your recycle bin, but they probably are not going to end up getting recycled because there isn't a good market for them. And if no one's willing to buy, those bales of plastic from your municipal recycling facility, they're going to end up in the landfill. And in fact, 75% of uh, plastic ends up in the landfill.
1: It seems like this re- requires, in order to do it right, seem seems like it requires some definitely homework on individual's part, just to educate themselves versus, you know, the, the good bad and the good bad you know, recycling um, practices Mm -hmm. because the average individual don't really think about that. They just see plastic and they just throw it over there, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. They don't really think about the other part of it. And it seemed like, to me, that's going to be an issue just to educate people uh, as far as you're saying it and to do it the right way versus the wrong way because everybody's using plastic. They don't know that there's a, a good plastic versus a bad plastic.
2: Right. So, so if your if your listeners take away just one thing, uh, I hope it's that uh, whenever they can, and we'll we can talk more about plastic. So, whenever they can avoid plastic and choose a different kind of packaging, they're doing all sorts of good for all sorts of reasons we'll get into. And that aluminum can again is like the poster child of what can be easily recyclable. If you put an aluminum can in your residential recycling bin, on average. It's it's melted down and back on on your shelf in the grocery store within 60 days. So there's a great market for it. It's a really efficient process. If you get, like, LaCroix water, buy it in aluminum cans. Don't buy it in the plastic bottles. That would be (laughs) one easy takeaway. But you're absolutely right. We shouldn't all have to become recycling experts to do the right thing. So... I would say don't spend a lot of time on this but just find those easy to find rules. They're usually on a pretty you know, they, they, they compile it with pictures on a page. At least that's true in you know, every place in my region and you can quickly see what are what are the do's and don'ts.
1: What I've noticed a lot, Stephanie, on the music on the movie sets, uh, I've been seeing a lot of cardboard and and, you know, the cans of water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, yeah. You know, instead of plastic, they use in the little cardboard containers with water, you know, and I thought that was kind of,
2: yeah,
1: and I understood why. Yeah. They were doing it. But
2: that's, hopefully that's great they'll start doing
1: Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, that's great to hear that you're seeing that uh, in, yeah. in the uh, entertainment industry, because I think that's a, a step in the right direction. Uh, You know, if if you you have access to clean drinking water through your tap, then I think the best solution is to carry your own reusable water bottle and refill it with the tap water. But many people, even in this country, don't have access to good, clean water. And if they don't, of course they're going to buy their water, you know, in some kind of container. But those cardboard containers and the cans of water are definitely better than the plastic. So I'm really glad to see that and they're both recyclable. Um, so I'm I'm glad to hear that you're seeing that. <laughs> That's terrific.
1: Yeah, seeing it a whole lot. But Stephanie, what do you mean people don't have access to good clean water? You know, they find they go on they they orbiting the earth and going in <laughs> space. What do you mean people don't have good clean water?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we've all heard of the Flint, Michigan kind of stories. I mean, they're yeah. they're um, you know, I think this new infrastructure bill would address some of the uh clean water uh uh repiping issues in this country. Uh but that's what i'm saying i don't like to assume and that's that's what i also just a general rule of thumb on zero waste living there's no right way to do it and i don't think any of us should be lecturing myself first and foremost anyone about what they should and shouldn't do and and even what i think of is a really easy step which is replace what i did you know i was going to an office setting uh, every day I was buying one to two bottles of water in plastic. And that means over the course of a year, I was responsible for six or 700 bottles of water that, I mean, the, the plastic, right? So that's awful. And I, what, what was I thinking? But in this jurisdiction where I live, the tap water is very drinkable. So there was no excuse that I had for what I eventually started doing, which is I, I got a nifty... Uh, stainless steel bottle and I started carrying that wherever I went Uh, but there may be other areas of the country or certainly in other countries where clean access to clean water is not a given so I don't want to be lecturing anyone about you must never buy water in a plastic bottle if that's what all you have available to you then certainly that's what you should do
1: I'm still trying to find out who owns
2: water, but that's another conversation. Oh, yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation. I read somewhere that most of the bottled water, most of it is tap water. They they bottle tap water, and then they sell it to you for a few dollars. It's crazy. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. That's my thoughts exactly, because I go back, well, who owns water? Well, who owns air? You know what I mean? So yeah. what? Do you, I'd yeah. rather you tell me I own the facility to put it in a container to give it to you. So that's what, what you're paying for. Do you remember when bottled water really became fashionable, you know, and it was the thing to do to have a bottle of water in plastic? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it seemed like everything went went crazy, you know, after that. Cause yep. Then what you, another thing that you said I find very, very powerful and – even to the extent that a lot of people don't even think about that the two bottles a day for a mm-hmm. year and if mm-hmm. each one of us did that two three to four bottles a day a day per person mm-hmm. a year that's massive
2: that's crazy it's it's mind blowing yeah so that's yeah that's that's why i always say you know you have to start with something if you want to go down this zero waste path, and I really uh, hope uh, people do. And uh, the easiest place to start is is to pick one thing. You know, pick one thing that you know you buy that comes in uh, single use plastic. You know, that's that stuff we just touch for a few seconds or a few minutes, uh, and that uh, you chances are you could substitute that. For a different kind of packaging or more sustainable packaging, and then i I truly believe that once you do that, you kind of get the bug to see what else you could reduce uh That's what happened to me
1: Yes yes, I think we just need to get more of our entertainment industry sports figures to adopt uh using plastic i mean using different containers other than plastic. And also the other thing is to have our lawmakers, in terms of labeling, clearly label these products and, yeah. and have the uh, the receptacles clearly labeled so people will know yeah. what goes where. Because I think that's a major problem Like right that, People just don't know, you know, what yeah. goes where. They just automatically just put it there. You know, I was one of them. I'm, I'm glad you made that point. So I'll be a little bit more aware, you know, of what I'm doing, you know, because knowledge is power. If you know, then you could do better. But if you don't know, you kind of fall through that void.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: You mentioned, Stephanie, um, shopping naked. And I don't want our fa- I don't want fan fans. <laughs> hey, look, I don't want our fans out there because I know I got some crazy ones. Look, we don't mean. I hope she don't be going to the store literally naked. But can you explain to our listeners what you mean by that? I'm sorry, I'm acting silly.
2: Yes, but that yes. Let me let me, me that quickly way. explain before anyone gets the wrong idea. So, so again, if you go down this path and you try to think of wow, you know, you realize maybe it's the plastic water bottle, and then you think, what else could I eliminate that's plastic in my life? Well. It turns out that we can almost all buy our produce uh, naked, meaning not packaged. And like my local Safeway, I don't know what your big grocery store chain is where you are, but my local Safeway sells side-by-side red peppers, orange peppers, yellow peppers uh, in plastic and right next to naked peppers. And so here's the thing, if you bring your own, you know, most of us bring our own grocery bags into the grocery store uh, these days. So if we're doing that, we might as well also bring our own reusable produce bags and instead of using those plastic liners that that I can never get open anyway in the grocery store. We've we got
1: to come and, up with some cool stuff, Stephanie, for the men, though, because I don't really see too many men going into the store with plastic bags. So we got to come up with some cool stuff for them to carry.
2: So I, I agree with you, but do you not carry your own grocery bags into the store? I bet you do.
1: Honestly, I do have no? a bag in the tr- in the trunk of my car, but nine times out of ten, I forget to get it out, and okay. then uh, so- then they'll ask me, "Do I want to buy? Do I want to buy a bag?" And then I'm looking at them crazy. Look, I just paid you for the food. Now I gotta buy something to yes. take it out of the store. <laughs>
2: So, uh, my fiance will have to advise you on how he remembers that he now <laughs> yeah, he now he never he never forgets, and he's a, in fact, today we went to the grocery store earlier and he said, "Oh, we need to go get the bags so uh yeah, you know it's like any habit right once you get in and they're in the trunk of our car, so they're always conveniently there and then if you as i said if you if you're doing that anyway, uh and then you add inside there a few of these produce bags or you know what you don't even need a bag you can just take the the red pepper the green pepper and just put it right in your cart but if that grosses you out or your listeners and they want to do this is what I do I take my own cotton reusable bags and I put the uh, loose carrots I put the loose peppers I put whatever is available that isn't packaged in plastic that's what I choose as my produce And there's a lot available. I didn't realize you could get almost any produce unpackaged. So that's another, you know, that's what I mean by shopping naked, lest we confuse your listeners or worry them.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm sure glad you explained that one because, you know, a lot of people in the music industry, they got some other thoughts going on. (laughs) What do you (laughs) mean?
2: We won't go there.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, so Stephanie, do you believe? Do you believe that um, we can recycle our way out of this waste problem?
2: Uh, No, I don't. Uh, So, you know, we talked about the meaning. What What I mean by that is, no, we can't recycle our way out of the waste problem for sure we need to do more than just recycle right to address the waste problem but you know what I hope I've gotten across is that you don't want to ignore the recycling piece anyway because there are big opportunities to save on virgin resources trees when it comes to paper cardboard um, and on uh, on the energy used to produce a lot of the packaging materials, the water that's used to produce those materials. So we do want to get recycling right. But we just also have to be aware that, again, for decades, the average amount of recycling overall, not just plastic is less than 9%, but overall, our average doesn't go above 34%. So we're not doing that well, and we do need to reduce waste by other means, and we can't just assume we can recycle our way out of the the
1: problem hmm. alright that was a great great one also so what do you do here's this other one that I just jumped out at me too because I know you're focused on the zero waste problem and you, you mentioned your husband so I'm sure he's focused on it as well but how about <laughs> your kids and your, your, your friends and everybody else that's not tuned into that
2: yeah so you know this is what I say Uh, If you get the bug and you start doing this zero-waste stuff and you get excited about it, you're going to have your eyes opened and you're going to feel like you wish everybody else around you were doing the same things that you were. You're going to look at your friends with their Starbucks non-recyclable non-reusable cups. You're going to look at your kid who's getting his soap out of a plastic soap pump And you're going to say, oh, come on. You know, anyway, my point is don't lecture. Don't shame people. I think the best way to convert people, if you will, to what you're doing is to show them how excited you are about it. And even just your behaviors sometimes are catchy, even without saying anything. I'll I'll give you one quick example of that. I've I've stopped getting... T- uh, re- delivery of food because it was too much plastic coming into the house. So I start picking up food from our local Chinese, Thai, Indian, Greek restaurants, and I bring my own containers with me. And when I do, uh, the the people, whoever's near me that sees me pick up my food that the, they've placed in my own containers that I brought to them a few minutes earlier to the restaurant Almost inevitably, someone will say, I didn't know you could do that. And so maybe next time they'll they'll do it as well. Now, in your own household, this is what I recommend. You've got to make it easy for people. So, for example, one of the ways that I try to reduce food waste is to check every day i spend a couple minutes every morning checking what's about to go bad and i bring it forward maybe leftovers from a couple days before i bring it forward i put it in a transparent container and i even have a shelf in the refrigerator that says eat me first because i don't expect everyone else to be doing these fridge reviews i do they're not into it that much but i've made it easy for them now when my son goes into the fridge he can see Oh, yeah, that's the Chinese food we got a couple days ago. I better eat it today. They're sitting right there on <laughs> no, that shelf.
1: On the, on the, on the eat-me-first shelf.
2: Yeah, so, you know, labeling some things to make it easier. Um, my fiancé, you know, knows that I've told him a thousand times, where this particular plastic goes—is it acceptable in the recycle bin or not? And he knows that if he asks me the thousand and one time, I'm not going <laughs> to yell at him. I'm just going to remind him. Hopefully, I'll very gently, nicely remind him. Oh no, sweetheart, that's not where it goes. Now maybe I don't always end up, you know, in that great a mood about it. But I—I I think if we make people feel bad about what we're trying to do, it's just not not going to get people on board.
1: You gave me a great idea for holiday presents while I'm listening to you. I think that's what I'll end up doing. Instead of trying to give somebody something that you, they may not use anyway, you can give them a, yeah. a usable um, water container um, yeah. with a Filter with a filter or something in it. That,
2: oh, uh, that's a great idea.
1: That they could use and... You could uh, if your husband is a sports person then you could put his favorite team on something and then he'll know oh, where yeah.
2: it is. Like to he is. I like the way you think. Yeah, he'll he's a great Bra- t- Atlanta <laughs> Atlanta Braves fan. Uh oh, I, I see I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put an Atlanta <laughs> Braves sticker on his uh water bottle now. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go, there
1: you go. So now he'll know exactly where it is. You ain't gotta worry about him throwing it away.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah, So that's a great idea for you guys out there listening. So you don't got to go spend a whole lot of money. If you don't know what to get somebody, get them a reusable container <laughs> for they can drink their beverages out of.
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's a good one, good one. So what else you got going on, Stephanie, that could help this
2: planet? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the first of these three themes I talk about is focus on food, and there's kind of two parts to that. One we talked about a bit already is, is food waste, and that's so important, as we said, because food waste that ends up in the landfill produces methane, which is a very potent greenhouse gas. And if you can keep it out of the landfill by either eating it or composting it, then you are making a very big contribution to avoiding that greenhouse gas source, right? So avoiding food waste is a really big one. But the other big one under food is a plant-rich diet. So if you're like me, when you hear that, you panic because you think, oh, I've got to be a vegan or a vegetarian. And if you're anything like me, then you're not uh, and uh, and i I was raised to believe you know it's not a complete meal unless there's meat as part of the the dinner, and that's how I raised my son as well, who's now nineteen. so but when you realize that the single biggest contribution that an individual can make to reducing their carbon footprint is by by adopting a more plant rich diet then you kind of want to try to figure out what you can do. And if you don't go, here's a great example of 80-20. You don't have to go all the way to 100% vegetarian or vegan. And my hat's off to those of your listeners who are vegetarian and vegan because they are making a really important contribution. But, you know, if you throw up your hands and say, well, that I'm never going to become a vegetarian, so I might as well just eat whatever I want, you're missing a whole opportunity of just getting more vegetarian meals into your weekly diet. So I have a personal goal uh, for this family, for my, my little family, of getting four vegetarian meals, uh, dinners, on the table every week. I'm pretty good about breakfast and lunch. Those are mostly plant-based. But dinner's a real was always a real issue for us. So, you know, one thing I like to do is make it fun. Uh, if you don't, if you didn't grow up vegetarian, you don't have a whole repertoire of vegetarian <laughs> meals at your right. fingertips. So I had to go and I used a lot of my time during that year I took off to find some really easy, delicious vegetarian meals. And then I'd post about it on social media. I have an Instagram account. I let people know, here's the one I made this week that is going to go into our regular you know, repeat list because it's so good. And easy, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, so that's a, that's a really great thing to do. And here's another thing which was eye opening to me the concept of the carbon intensity of different foods. So, probably most people know, I, I, I was aware that beef was a really big problem. And in fact, I didn't know that the cattle industry is responsible for 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions. That is huge. So, but here's the really interesting thing, that if you actually look at the difference between different food groups, beef, one kilogram of beef is responsible for 60 kilograms of carbon emissions. I don't expect you to memorize that, but here's what's really interesting, chicken one kilogram of chicken is responsible for only six kilograms, so ten times less. So if you're you're not going to go and have a vegetarian meal tonight, but you choose chicken instead of beef, you're making a really big difference. And if you choose wild-caught salmon, that's only three kilograms of carbon emissions for one kilogram of of salmon. So one kilogram is like a little over two pounds. So instead of 60 for beef, You're at three for salmon. So not as low as around one for lentils, but still really a big, big difference. So that's how I try to think of it is every meal is a choice about how carbon intensive I want to be, and there's some pretty good choices out there to choose from. So, you know, choose carefully. And if you want to splurge on a hamburger or a steak, go ahead, but just be aware if you limit how often you splurge on that, you are going to be doing the planet a whole lot of good.
1: Stephanie, i got two good ones for you, boy, and I was just kind of waiting to give them. <laughs> it hit me upside okay. the head. Okay. Now, if a single parent is a twofold fold situation, a, if a single parent uh, is on a fixed income, is it easy for that family to, to live with a zero waste? And then the other part of my question is, listening to you, I come from the Midwest, and at my age mm-hmm. group, we had a problem. Or it's not a problem, but we kind of grew up eating the way our parents did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you understand we ate how our parents yes. That's, that's what we did. Now now yeah. that we're older, now we hit with this climate situation, you know, and the things that's going on now, you know, the drought, the, the shortage of food and all this and that, it, it forces you to have to change how we eat health-wise and yeah. all that stuff has been affected. And you know, I just grew up with a lot of beef. Nobody knew anything any different. I mean, that's just what we had. You know, coming out of Texas, we yep. had beef. We had chicken. I mean, that's just we ate what your parents put on the table. If you eat that, guess what? You don't eat. So
2: yeah, um, yep. So yeah. So
1: now, you know, I guess I'm thinking in, in a in a broader sense. You know, there's a lot of people in my age group, should I say, that are caught up. Eating the way that they were raised. So therefore, that's how they feed their children. Seem like we have to work on changing their
0: mindset
1: yeah. or educating them to what's yeah. happening today in, in order yeah. to see some change on that front.
2: Yeah, I don't know. That was kind uh, the, of left
1: of what you were talking about, but it just kind of slapped me yeah. inside the head because yes. we always think about we're a product of our environment. You know, we know what we know yeah. based on who we are around and how we were raised.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, so let me start with that part of your question first. I, I I completely agree with you. And by the way, I'm also from the Midwest, Minnesota, and. I, as I said, I was raised that it's, it's a meal. If there's, if there's some meat as part of the meal, in fact, that's was usually a portion of the plate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why do one when you can do two? I raised my son exactly that way, because as you said, you do what was done with you as you were growing up. And, and so uh, it's, it's a uh, kind of a jolt. If you decide you want to change uh it's like almost like a cultural change in your household.
1: <laughs> it is. And, it is. Uh, that's the word know. that I was missing. That's the word that I was missing. It is a cultural change.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, so I don't want to say it's easy. And that's why I say, you know, just do what you can. And, uh, you know, if you can start to incorporate one vegetarian meal a week, then maybe that's heroic for your family. It was for my family initially. And then if you can move that up to two or three, or as I said, my current goal is four a week, then, then that's great. And, and, but I think it's what you said quite a while ago about awareness raising. Once you realize, you and I didn't realize when we were growing up and when, we were, when I was raising my, my son that, that beef was, uh, was such a problem, that meat was such a contributor to climate change. So now I know. So now what am I going to do about it, right? That's the question. And that's why I think we need to make it – we need to not be hard on people. We need to just show them here's here's why this is an issue and here are some ideas for how to do something a little bit differently. Again, 80-20, not 100%. Just get part of the way there. And if everyone got part of the way there, we'd be making such a difference. Let me get to your your the first part of your question on, you know, a single parent um, – on a, on a low income probably very strapped for time uh you know it's like it's like anything else you do what you can, and I think any mother uh, wants to feed their kids well, and it's a question of how much time do you have uh, I used to do this um, when I was working crazy hours I'd cook when i because I knew I wanted to not get takeout every night or whatever, you know, convenience food. So I would cook on the weekends. I'd make big vats of things like, you know, chili or spaghetti sauce or something that would I, we would eat for a few days. I would freeze some of it. And then on a really busy night, I would defrost that, that meal. So when you cook at home, obviously you're, you're, you're helping uh, create more family healthy meals, uh, but you... If you want to get at the um, the, the waste problem, uh, a lot of it has to come from cooking yourself. And if you want to get at the increasing your plant based meals, you know, you can, again, you can get convenience food, you can get takeout, but it's it's easier when you do it at home. But it's a question of time, and that's a balancing act. And so, again, I don't think we, I think we all just do what we can. If we are in a community that has recycling, again, about 60% of us do, then we do well if we're using that system right, recycling right. If we have a community that has clean drinking water, we would do well by, you know, using our own bottles and and refilling them with tap water. But if you don't have access to those things, then you, you haven't committed a crime. You're just doing the things that... Are possible in your context In your community And that's all we can ask I think
1: Very well said I I agree with you 100% Because in our society I guess if you're too too forceful And and too pushy with it You're going to basically turn them off And they're going to do just the opposite Just out of spite
2: Yeah, yes
1: (laughs) So it's true, it's true It's true Stephanie talk a little bit about
2: uh, your book yes so thank you Uh, my my book is is pretty much uh, what we've been talking about I realized after I took this time you know I left my 25 year career at the the World Bank Group I took this time off I did a lot of research I visited all the recycling facilities in my region Um, I, I I, and I set out to find this 80-20, as we said, right? The, what are the easy, impactful things individuals could do to reduce their carbon and waste footprint? And once I figured out what those were, I wanted to tell everybody I knew. So I wrote the book because uh, I, I wanted to get the word out. Because I thought if I didn't know, as I said, I was heading up climate change and I wasn't aware of the food waste problem, for example, uh, and what a large contribution that was making to climate change and how much the individual could impact that. So once I figured out these are the really easy things individuals can do, I wanted to get the word out. And it's a short book, like all the books in the series. Um, I think you've had Tim Ward, our publisher, on your show. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he he set us out on a mission to set record. Records in the publishing world of writing our books in um, over last summer basically, and uh, so I think I wrote mine in five weeks and it was published a, a month or two later. So set all the records. It, so it's a short book. It's 80 pages and um, and it it lays out what we've been talking about. Some ideas for how you can approach the food waste problem. The uh, the enriching your your plant rich diet. Uh, reducing, I I give all the different ways that I recommend for reducing plastic in your life and why we should be, why we should care about reducing plastic in our lives. So it's a pretty easy read uh, and it's not, it doesn't lecture. I I want people to leave uh, feeling empowered. I I, my, my biggest fantasy would be people put the book down after reading it and they immediately start doing something in their life differently and then they tell someone about it. That would be my nirvana. (laughs) Hmm.
1: And I think that's possible, and I think that's definitely going to happen after hearing you speak on this and listening to the show, because now I'm seeing uh, a carton of water instead of a bottle of water.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes my day then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great to
2: hear, Lamont.
1: You definitely got a place there. So let everybody know where they can go get your book.
2: Yeah, it's available really anywhere, um on Amazon, but also through independent bookstores. Uh my local indie bookstore carries it. Uh it's available uh through e I mean as an ebook or as a paperback. Um uh, so just Google it and it will come up. Zero waste living the eighty twenty way.
1: Okay, well you want to tell our listeners or how they can contact you?
2: Yes, I would love that, and I'm always available to answer any questions people have. In fact, I love answering people's questions. Uh, I'm at uh, zerowasteindc.com. That's my website. uh, People can email me at stephanie at zerowasteindc.com. And on Instagram and Facebook, I post at Zero Waste in D.C. I post uh, my weekly vegetarian cook-along that we talked about. I give recycling tips. I really want to make it easy for people. So I put as much out there that I think would be helpful to me. would have been helpful to me a few years ago i try to put out to the world.
1: Well, for some reason, God only works when he's ready for it to work.
2: So. <laughs> That's now nah, he's That's ready for true. it. <laughs> right now
1: he's ready for it to work.
2: I hope so. I think it's time.
1: Well, well, well it is. I'm sure it is. Well, we're down to the last couple of minutes, Steph. And I, I so, so much appreciate you. I know you've done wonders for me because I know I, I've been a bad boy over the years. And, and as I've gotten older, you know, I, I've tried to to change the way that I eat and stuff. And I only got one request when I pass away is that I don't come back as a chicken. Chicken has, <laughs> the, the chicken has a zero a life. life capacity, boy. You got a, a definitely got a short lifespan. So I don't want to come back as a chicken.
2: Yeah, but you shouldn't say you're a bad boy. I mean, we all are doing the best we can, and we all have been, shown the convenience of so many of these things and it's not it's not easy to step back from all of it but I think the first step in making a switch is just as, as you talked about a few times you know having that awareness once you have that awareness then what do you do with it that's the the magic is okay I know something so how do I want to do things differently so no no, sharing, aware, no a- bad boy
1: yeah, that awareness thing is just so so powerful, and it's awesome. And, and, and it's simple if you think about it, but, you know, it is somewhat of a cultural thing. I think we all kind of grew up a certain way. We learned how to eat a certain way. And I think we need to realize that it's a different time. You know, we're living in a different age. Things are different than they were when our parents had us. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a concentrated effort. It's something that we have to work on daily going forward.
2: Yes, yes, well said.
1: Yes, it's just something, you know, And I think about it, I say, because I I find myself slipping, oh, I've been doing this for years, but I like it. So everything that you like, of course, you know, I know, my listeners know everything we like is not good for us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But there's there's a lot of joy (laughs) in this, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we definitely going to have to work on that for sure, for sure, for sure. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank Tim for uh, bringing you to us and stuff. And uh, you guys are doing some fantastic uh, work, and I'm definitely going to have to get a copy of your book. So uh, I don't know much about being a a vegetarian or something, but, you know, you're never too old to learn, and I'm willing to learn. My brain is always like a sponge.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Lamont. Thank you for for having me me on your show
1: Oh man, it's been a pleasure for me as well And I'm sure our listeners are going to learn And see, that's my main mission too, you know Is that each one, teach one If somebody can walk away and learn something That they know the day before, they're ahead
2: I love that Each one, teach one
1: Each one, teach one
2: I love that I've just written it down (laughs)
1: Okay, my friend (laughs) Again, you take care Keep your family safe Continue to produce good food for them And I'm just mad because I'm not getting (laughs) none of it But (laughs) continue to take care of them And uh, I wish you the best Take care, Steph
2: Thank you, I wish you the best as well Thanks so much Uh
1: all right. For those who just joined us, if you came in any parts of this show and you want to hear it in the beginning, of course you can do that. I'm sure you won't have any problems getting to it. It's available worldwide, not around the corner from your house at the liquor store, but worldwide in about two minutes. And then if you still have problems, Ask your mama, ask your daddy, ask the man across the street, the guy to work at a gas station or the guy to work at a supermarket on the corner, somebody to be able to tell you where you can go hear the show. So you have no excuse not to hear it, not to listen, not to comply. And you heard it from me, yours truly, Lamont Patterson. This is a World Movement Enterprise production, Can I Play a Play? Please join us next week, same time. And we thank you so, so very much for joining us. We love you. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. See you next week. Bye.
0: Yeah, yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear it. I know you in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm gonna put it down like this so I can help the saints so understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought cause you got saved everything was gonna be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't run come to a of what I drink. Think without words you dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh? yeah. Jesus said he who puts his hands to the plow looks back to say makes fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the pictures five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at ya. I'm just hitting you with the real. Huh? If you died for me, I was still tripping. Now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep. Huh. Some of y'all ain't saw nothing, but you study trying to reach him But after him who's able to position, your despite his glory, Struggle might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, the point is that was prophesied way back in the day. Why, sing your right here and see if the church can relate. I know we can make it. Probably to You You say, why you? But you sure say, what would Jesus do? Why are you asking if he ain't trying to do what he's saying? Huh? He told you he was going to have tribulations, but you thought he was playing. Huh? One minute you tell her how good-